Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 269 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined as always by my mainest man, Willie Saylor. We're brought to you today by ASICS, the fine clothing and shoe company. And uh, please purchase their products wherever you can find them. What's up, Giggle Boxes? Uh, so many things. Okay. You guys make me laugh. They giggle, they're giggling on the couch. Look at the couch today, guys. Let's get a good picture the of The quarter zip couch. There they are. Asics. Calvert Hall, Ohio. No Asics. But Got it. Quarter zip nonetheless. So, the regular season's over. It's already. over. It's unbelievable to think. It seems like just yesterday, Gable Stevenson was smashing people at the Dactronics. Mark Hall and Darian Cruz lost at the All-Star. And now we're here, and it's postseason time officially. we got Pac-12s this weekend, and then everything else the weekend after that. And, um, yeah, I guess we start there with the weekend that was in Division One wrestling, kind of capped off by the NC State-Ohio mm-hmm. State duel. It was definitely the biggest duel of the weekend. And the Buckeyes come out. They got a big win, winning 8 of 10 matches. Against um, against NC State, and we've been kind of saying, when is Ohio State going to have a good match, a good outing, something that you feel like great about? And this is probably the closest thing since Cliff Keen that they've had. Eight of ten, and one of them was not one ninety-seven. They could have won nine, very reasonably. Um, but yeah, they got upset at one ninety-seven. So in that way, and David Bray, our guy out of Wyoming, made a good point. Like only in wrestling, and this is why. And his greater point was like that dual matchups are not the greatest judge of strength. Can you win eight of ten against a top five opponent, and really your stock kind of stays the same because you know they got an upset at one forty one, but they were you know their number one guy, Colin Moore, lost to Machiavello, so it's kind of like okay they kind of held serve, and it's true, it's true. I mean he's he's exactly right, and um, yeah maybe it's Ohio State's kind of about the same as they were, but man another tough test for the for the Buckeyes and and uh, they're able to get the win 
Well, I think it's interesting that I, I think it was interesting at the out of conference duels that were wrestled last weekend. Um, you know, Ohio State went on the road and wrestled NC State. NC State wrestled Virginia Tech and then opted to have uh, you know an out of conference duel. Yeah. Um, some teams scheduled layups, so to speak, and other teams uh, scheduled some some heavy hitters. And it was it was good to have a good solid duel um, to end the season with. Yeah, so starting with that match, Fawz gets dominated by Tomasello pretty strongly. I don't think it was bonus. Lopsided decision, I believe. 12-6, I believe. Tariq Wilson falls to Pletcher. And then McKenna comes out, early takedown. Right away. Um, gets to Kevin Jack. And, man, Jack, more than anything, Jack didn't get a whiff nope. at any point in time. This is kind of like vintage McKenna. This is how the matches need to go for him. Attacks, quick finishes, and... Not ended up in scrambles, holding that great position that he's kind of known for. And, you know, he's he hitting his really drive. low that match. Well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of like his – that's his thing. He holds great position. He keeps his hips back. He's really low. Had a hand on the mat. And Jack normally able to do a better job of getting the legs. McKenna did not go under, mm-hmm. which was also why. So Kevin Jack did not get an opportunity to work from his mm-hmm. best position, which is top. So – for Joey McKenna, he has kind of this abbreviated season. And so for a while there, it was like sell, sell, sell Joey McKenna. We hadn't seen him. He gets majored by Tommy Thorne. And then it's like, oh, my goodness. But then he beats Nick Lee, looks good, beats Kevin Jack. And right now uh, on the – What does he rank now this he's, morning? We ranked him third. Mm-hmm. Or excuse me, um, fourth. I beg your pardon. So what, did he Meredith, go from seven to four? Yeah. Is that what it was? So he jumped um, – Zacherl and Kevin Jack. It was it was tough. He could, you know, Kevin Jack maybe resume wise could get the nod over him, but with a head to head that recent, um, Jack's body work was not so great. And McKenna only has one loss. It's not a good loss to have, but uh, yeah, we went with him at four. So right now it's Meredith, Ironman, Yanni, McKenna, Jack, and then Zacherl, and then Dean Heil, <laughs> Nick Lee, crazy weight. What is that? Seven eight. Six seven. Um, six seven is or seven eight is Heil and Lee, mm-hmm. so that's a tight top eight, and then Albert kind of knock at the door. So I I don't know what do you guys think? I think I said a week ago I'm not putting McKenna on my title contending list. Yeah, obviously Jack would probably have been on that list for me. And going all the way back to when we had that conversation about McKenna and Rias. I said he had to reestablish himself, and obviously, I mean, he has now, in the course of, since that time, established himself as a contender. After beating Jack that cleanly, I would say, mm-hmm. he's a contender, right? Yes. Well, Thursday you I'm, said he wasn't. Um, Nomad just ripped one. I'm sorry. It really distracted me. I don't know if you heard it. I heard it. Uh, it threw off my train of thought. I don't know what... All right, I'm gonna get back. I'm gonna get back on track, but I can't pretend that didn't just happen. That ha- that happened, okay? Clean it up. So yeah, no, maybe McKenna. No, I I still don't. I still McKenna. I struggle to bet him to to think he could go multiple matches. Right? You do. 
I, I don't. Oh, my gosh. You are the biggest flip-flopper no, ever. He's no. the exact same guy he's always been. He's never really changed. He's identical. Um, I, I don't know how this gets lost in translation. Uh, you guys took this thing that I said that Joey McKenna wasn't a thing. I, what I said was that he had to reestablish himself, right? Um, for my money and watching the way he beat Kevin Jack – I think he's a contender. I'm a, why, yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why you would think he can't go with. I mean, he's beaten Meredith. Meredith, or yeah, he's beaten a lot of these guys. He's beaten a lot of them. Um, I don't think he's ever faced Jaden. Um, I don't think they hit last year, or did, do they at NCAs? Round of twelve. Jaden beat him. Did he wrestle um, Dean? Yeah, he's lost to him twice. Twice. I, I just don't see it. I think he was able to stay. He's not going to be able to. I just. So you're saying what I, I, I say a lot of times about high school kids is they could knock somebody off, but you don't think they could run it. Maybe. I mean. Well, I think he could run it. Yeah, he can. He definitely can. It's just I. I yeah, no. I'll say he can. <laughs> he definitely can. He's my pick. <laughs> Write it down. Who would you pick? Yanni? Everybody's taking Yanni still? I'm sticking with him. You sound very confident. Yes. No, I'm confident. Confident in Yanni D. How's it going over there in that sector? Yeah. I still feel confident in Yanni D. If 41 is going to be so freaking fun. Unbelievable. Okay, so, and then Keyshawn did what he did, and then we had Hydley and... Micah. Micah. Micah gets the first takedown. First takedown. Nice job. Leads, leads going to the second period, takes bottom. Gets turned. It's if Micah is ever convicted of a crime, this will be a strong case for an insanity plea. Because what <laughs> is he doing? Why are you taking bottom? You took him down. You're going under. I mean, Hayden is not like Zane on top, but he's solid but there. But why? Just go where you. Just go where you know. Get that win. Help win. him. Win a match. Win a match. I mean, maybe it's just like, hey, just take bottom. You know, a coach I, I was texting with the other day is like, no, we, we make the guys go under. It wasn't Ohio State coach. But they're like, no, we, they can take their choice in NCAs and conferences, but during the season we want them to go under and get that point and whatever. So maybe it's something like that, but I don't, I don't get it. Personally, don't get it. Um, but, yeah, he loses. And, you know, Hydley got a, a late takedown there as well to ice it. I mean, and what can you say about Hayden Hydley? Just mm-hmm. continues to win. Went undefeated regular season. Um, pretty, you know, not something that happens often. You know, it feels like Hayden's been kind of out of the spotlight much of the year, though he's been winning. One, one of the bigger stories going in NCAAs. And, man, the development that he's got. I mean, he's a – he was a good – I mean, he was a number one, right? But mm-hmm. he, is, he has made leaps at NC State. Uh, okay, so – then you had 65, 74. <clears throat> Miles beats Renda. And I was like, watching that match, I was like, man, the ease in which Miles got that first takedown, I was not, I was not super blown away by Miles here because I, I thought he could have gotten more. And then when it came down to closing time, the time's running down, 
Rinda gets in on his go-to shot deep on a high crotch. Now, Miles' beautiful counter cradles him up. Mm -hmm. But, dude, I mean, he blew all the way through him. That's a dicey game to play. I don't know. Miles won. And he kind of did that with Abinator. Abinator. Miles let – I don't, shouldn't say let guys stick around, but didn't pull away. Yeah. And, and, and one shot at the end in both matches right. um, made, it, made it razor close. So you got to watch that. that. Got to watch that in the next two weeks. You know, Big Tens and NCAA's. Don't let guys stick around, especially when they're getting in that deep like they are. It's not like they're just he just told them off and they're not even getting to his legs. I mean, deep, deep, deep. Yeah, that's that's got to be a little unnerving. And then we had uh, Machiavello, Colin Moore, Machiavello <laughs> winning the match like two or three times. This was all right. This match was nuts. First of all. Machiavello gets on a single leg, okay, and is kind of running him out of bounds. And he gets hit for stalling trying to finish. They barely even kind of go out of bounds. It wasn't like he ran straight out of bounds. They were kind of like circling like, around. Like yes. they circled. Like on the circle. They circled I mean, he on has the, the leg in the air. And the ref, I swear, guys, he hit Machiavello for stalling with a While shot. While he was trying to chase down a score. On the on a shot. He took – he really he really get, did it, guys. So I know you think we're, like, crazy with this. Well, here's but. my question. This, it, this begs the question that – I mean, me and Christian have even and, – and Flo has, have taken to – and fans have chopped up clips and said all season long. All season. And said, look, man, this is bad. You got to stop this. Look at this horribleness. Look at this. Look at this bad call. Look at this bad stalling. Particularly the stalling situations on the edge roll, right? Oh boy. And we've said it time and time again. We give you not just our word, but visual evidence. Mm -hmm. Is there not some officiated officials evaluator that's making phone calls and sending out memos and diagrams and examples? Take our videos that we put up and. Send them to the other officials and say, look, to clarify, this is not how it should be called. They're abs they absolutely are. <laughs> um, and, oh, Coach Brands on the call there with – sorry, guys. Yeah, he's on Bader, Bader just brought Coach Brands via Skype on there. All right, sorry. That was a – we got derailed there. Olympic champion. <laughs> um, but, no, there was – you bring up an evaluator. Yeah. The, he was there. The head ACC official was there watching – because I, I saw him sitting there in front of him. Nice guy. Um, <laughs> well, so he's watching. I mean, Mike Allen, you see him. He's at all these matches. Well, yes, okay. But, but it's one the, thing to sit and evaluate. It's another thing. I mean, and I'm sure it goes on. They're, they're giving feedback. I'm, I'm sure it goes on that they give feedback. They give video evidence. And it's like clarification. Well, why does it continue? I don't know. I mean, Chuck Barbie emails me and asks for footage all the time. And we send it to him. So I know they're looking at this. They're sending out memos. Uh, what else can they do? He has bad judgment. You can't, like, electrocute him when he makes a bad call and be like, like, convince him to not do it. He just made a bad call. There's nothing you can do on the mat to counteract the horribleness. That, so that was a really bad call. They immediately go makeup call with, um, because more like did a little face tap on him, which that seemed ticky-tack at best. Yes. I mean, you could basically... That's true. I forgot about if that. If you decided... If you just decide you want to give a point to someone... Yes. I mean, this this happens every match. I mean, it wasn't DeLuca, like... Mm. Or like one of Zane's, like... Pff, 
They called Kevin Jack for one, too. That was pretty... I mean, it... And, and you know what? It makes me think. It should almost be a stall warning. I mean, what, when you... Th- it should, or my point is, it shouldn't be a point. I mean, a point is huge. When, when you think about it, it's like a, it's like a takedown. Because yeah. you're not... Well, they, they do give a, a warning once, right? Well, they don't have to. Sometimes they will. Sometimes they'll be like... That. It's hard but, to know, if, especially if they're not mic'd up. No, there's no that's there's no sequence of of a, there, there's no warning necessary at all. You pop that's a point. I'd say it was necessary. I'm yeah, saying, but I'm, I'm saying often they probably do. Uh, I don't. I, don't, know, I doubt definitively, but I don't believe they did with Colin. I don't believe they did with with uh, in the Kevin Jack match either. Well, okay. In the Machiavello match, they also was it the Machiavello match that they missed the danger, or was that the Miles Renda? I didn't notice that they missed danger. They missed the danger, and they reviewed it, right? I don't know. So at 97, Machiavello is... Am I making this up? I don't know. They gave Miles a takedown that was not a takedown. Oh! And they went and reviewed it and did <laughs> yeah, it off. Yeah, that's what it was. Miles was it wasn't like... danger. Miles was like in front head position. No. And the was, ref is counting. He was around the side. He was around the side and... Renda still had the leg, but Renda was kind of set on his hip there, and they just gave two, and it was... The ref is counting like he's dangerous. His back was clearly to the ceiling. Well, I think we're talking about two different exchanges right now. I'm talking about an exchange where they they reviewed it. All right. Let's not guess. Um, So at 97, then late, Machiavello needs a takedown, gets it. But he stays locked around, keeps his hands locked on yeah. the legs, finishing the double, gives up a locking hands point, which puts him up one with like 10 seconds left. Maybe You're fi- like, this 15. is going overtime. This is going overtime. Colin Moore immediately gets away. Maybe there's seven seconds left. Machiavello shoots, doubles off, and finishes again to win the match. So you got two takedowns in basically 20, 20 seconds. 22 seconds. And the the the. The way the match was going, it was very obvious that Colin Moore was fading. Yes. You could tell as he gave up that first takedown, he was fading. And then you're like, man, you kind of like Machiavello and Sudden Victory there. And it didn't even come to that. Mm-hmm. He just got a takedown. And it's like, this. it's it's a it's surprise. It's shocking. You know, when Kassar beats him, it's like, okay, he's a little flat. When Machiavello, when it happens again, it's not isolated. It's... This is Colin's been kind of weird all year long. Well, in the in the Kassar match, he didn't move well the whole entire time. In the mock match, he looked good. His movement looked good, and his reattacks looked good until a certain point, and then and then Mock was scoring on. I mean, just effort, right? He was chasing him down. Yeah, so, so he faded. So Machiavello, I mean, throws a real monkey wrench in our one ninety seven rankings. What did, what were they? So, no, your new number one, Ben Darmstadt. Nepotism. It's your kid. <laughs> Honest, you know, Spay kind of reached that conclusion on his own. And uh, and you ain't objected to it. Well, it's, it's honestly the right call. Yeah. Because, I mean, when you look at it, he has two top seven wins. What are Hot's uh, Hot lost, right? Hot's only win is Machiavello, and he lost to Miklas mm-hmm. and Colin. Mm-hmm. Okay, Darmstadt has two top seven wins and only one loss. Now it's outside, it's to Matty Ace. But then number two, the way it falls, 
Darmstadt over Miklas, who he beat. Miklas over Hot. Okay, Hot's ahead of Weigel. Weigel's ahead of Mock because they beat him. Mock's ahead of Moore because this year Colin Moore has one top yes. seven win. That's what I said. Um, we got an argument with Nomad yesterday saying Moore should drop farther. He did. He dropped. He's down to like six now. Yep, that's because right. he's lost to Kassar and Machiavello. Mm-hmm. So it's weird because you, there's complete reshuffling in that Jared Hot beats Machiavello. He actually dropped a spot. Mm-hmm. But it's just the way Colin Moore is kind of now viewed and uh, the fact that Hot has a loss to Miklas. I don't know. It's weird. What is Rashid? <clears throat> seventh. Because he really he doesn't have a top seven win. Right. And he's lost to Connell and Darmstadt. The the thing where it gets weird, because when, when I originally talked to Spay about it, <clears throat> I had Darmstadt, Moore, Miklas, Hot, Weigel, Machiavello. And basically, Colin Moore is like the most tenuous two ever. Because basically, they both have the, the Hot win, mm-hmm. but Miklas has... Uh, the Weigel win, but Miklas also has a Chade loss and a Warner loss as opposed to Colin Moore's Kasser and Machiavello. Yeah. So it's like, what do you value more, the the Weigel win or the sorry, Machiavello Chade loss? loss yeah. Right. No, it's tough. It, yeah, it's, I mean, he has good wins. But, it. Was, I mean, my thing was he lost twice in two weeks and to keep him number two or three. We, you, yeah, that's that was kind of where my gut went. It's like at, at this point, Colin Moore – we gave him some grace with we get, he got his grace. He got his grace with Kassar. He he lost to a guy that would probably be ranked seventh or so if he were ranked, and and he didn't fall one spot. And now he's right. lost twice, and his wins are not such that. I mean, he has the t- he has a big one. Two yes, oh, this year overhaul, and that just cannot, in my opinion, cannot keep him ahead of guy. He lost to two guys behind him, right? In the last two weeks. In the last two weeks, so I think it was. I mean, it, it can be debated. You could, you could, the way the wins and losses fall, you could throw this in a lot of different orders and pretty easily justify it. Yeah. Now, you know, rankings are one thing. <laughs> Predictions. I mean, who do you take? It, honestly, this is one where I, you don't really feel great about it till you see how the bracket lays out. Like, there are some guys that I think are – I think it's very matchup-based. I think someone like Hot is a bad matchup for Darmstadt. I think that could be bad. Um, if Moore gets hot, you're going to you're gonna favor him. Uh, I, I don't know how you predict predict this. I, I don't think it's Miklas. Um, just after I, – I still – his hot win, you have to rank it. You can't, yes. you can't count how you – you can't factor in how he won Not and in rank a prediction, it. no. But I will say this. Like, when when Miklas did that, it was flukish, right? I mean, Hawks went in decisively. Pushing pin, for a major. He pins him. Miklas pins him. You're like, okay, that's – you rank him based on the result, but it's flukish. You're gonna, not going to use it for judgment in future picks. And then he lost to – and then Miklas lost to somebody. Chade, maybe, or, like, yeah. something weird. And Darmstadt. And then you're thinking – Okay, Miklas got problems. He has looked a lot better. Yes. So I don't think that as a as a making prognostications, I ain't know I ain't going all the way back to all those losses and the and the hot win that was weird and saying it was so fluky. It was fluky, but he's look he's turned the corner in my opinion. Yeah, that's no, that's that's undeniable. 
And you have to remember, Miklas coming off surgery a year ago, he he did not get a lot of – he didn't have an offseason of training. He was kind of wrestling back into his full form, and he's just now kind of hitting his stride. So, yeah, he could be very dangerous come NCAAs and someone that – yeah, he's a title – I mean, he's a title contender. I think we got I seven. I think he is too. I think we have seven at this weight. We really do. And it's so cliche, but, you know, you wrestle it ten times. I think you could get – You said last week – Mike would knock one of them off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He did. And, uh, well, yeah. good good for him. I mean, he's good. He's really good. I mean, what? A, and that's another classic kind of NC State story. I, I, You could probably tell me more about Machiavello's high school resume coming out, but I wasn't super familiar with him. Uh, I mean, I knew him. He, he plays twice at uh, Flow Nationals. He had good – good flow national but you know those north carolina guys don't really hit the radar hard so he's from north carolina mm-hmm. um wow and uh, you know it goes back and another thing is that when these bumped up guys do well he was around at 1284 last year right mm-hmm. and maybe it's partially the makeup of 197 but still, it is. But yeah. But still, you, you see these guys bumping up in weight classes. Look at Shakur. This this is what this is my my whole point. When whenever it's like he needs to prove it at this weight, why? For for anyone ever, we it's just all of the time. Guys are going up, and it's just no weight classes are, um, you know, it's all fluid now. We're seeing it so often, and Machiavelli is the most recent example, especially especially when you go from eighty four to ninety seven. Uh, 84 was nasty last year. 97 is all-time weak. And wait till next year, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I had yeah. this weight loses a lot. It does. What now, does it lose? Hot? Hot. Nicholas? Um, Machiavello. Machiavello. <laughs> Weigel's back? Yeah, Weigel's, yes. Weigel's back. Moore's back. Okay, Jacob so it'll Warner be all right. And Jacob Warner will come in. Uh, Woodley, so it might be okay. All right. I I had a coach this year, and I agree with him. Like really hardcore, say big men are made. Essentially, ninety, especially like ninety sevens. Mm-hmm. Look at all these guys, and I mean, Darmstadt was probably the biggest blue chipper, but like more Mickless, well maybe Mickless, but more hot Weigel, Machiavello, and then last year Far making the finals. He he was bumped up too. Like the last yeah. few years, ninety sevens been kind of dominated by guys who were under the radar ish that grew into and developed as studs in college. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I would agree with that at the upper weights. Yeah. Eighty four ninety seven. I mean Shakur tried to make he made sixty five a couple years ago. He did. He truly did. <laughs> now he's a ninety seven. What do you, I mean, uh you predicted it, but uh any thoughts on Zavatsky beating Renda? Because Zavatsky to me has like you know, you come into the year or maybe even longer than that. Savaski, man, he's gonna be a beast. He can, you know, he can, he can do some damage. Mm-hmm. He can make a run. That hasn't looked great, but now he beats Renda. Yeah. So no, the, the, I don't put much thought in that. I've watched him wrestle, I guess, three times previously, and I just thought it was a good matchup for Zach. He did lose at NCAAs the year Renda got third, but even that match was like really, really close, and Zach kind of he really had his chances to win. I, I think he's a better athlete. I think he has better offense and I think he can scramble with Pete and I think that was his uh, his advantage. So 
for for that reason. You know, good good job by Zavatsky. I don't. Maybe it maybe more than anything, it just says okay, Zach's kind of back where we thought he could be since uh, in that uh, top five range. Since CKLV, he's won thirteen matches in a row, and eleven of them are by bonus. Nice, that's great. Who's that, Zavatsky? Mm-hmm. ZZ Top, baby. So rounding into form, which is kind of like counter. He's he's a guy that's had amazing regular seasons and somehow has managed to not be he's on the not AA yet. So he's going the the other route, which is um, which is curious. You have in here, Snyder looked tired. I, well, he did. I mean, he scored twenty two points. No, no, no. So like at the end of his at the end of the match, he is just like, oh my gosh, like. It was, I mean, because he wrestles insanely hard, and mm-hmm. he was pushing for, you know, the the bonus points. But, man, it was like, whoa. Yeah. Hey, I, maybe I'm just more looking for it now. It wasn't, he wasn't tired in his wrestling, but that is like, that like yeah. spent him, you know? Yep, that's where I was at. I was, I knew what you meant. That body language was like, he sat on his knees for a good 10 seconds. Yeah, and shook was like, boy, his hand. And, and uh, I knew you were getting at that, but. That's one thing. I didn't see it in his actual wrestling. Not like at all. The wrestling minutes. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, so good win by him against, you know, Boykin, a top 10 guy now for, for NC State. And I guess um, in, a, in a sort of slow weekend otherwise, um, Shakur Rashid was the guy for 97 for Penn State. Um, yeah. So we assume. And then Penn State yesterday tweeted the Penn State's official account. March is coming. March is coming, and the picture is Rashid. So it sounds like Rashid's going to be the guy. Yep. Uh, Not that it's surprising, just that it was sort of a keep-your-eyes-open thing. Well, it was, yeah. No, it's not terribly surprising. But but you see why they're making the decision. He gets another pin, his 12th pinfall, I think, of the year. He's just a better bonus option, and they're, they're going to need – they're gonna need bonus points, and I'm I'm curious. Mark Neiman, our guy out of Ohio, crazy guy, uh, asked how much of an advantage is Rashid over Kassar at Big Tens and NCAA's. And I, I'd say, you know, if you have to like quantify like how many points, it could be seven or eight. I was gonna st- seven is a number I had in my head. Yeah, could be seven or eight. Um, because a couple points bonus, maybe a, a winner. A win that wasn't that Kassar wouldn't have got that he gets. Yeah, you know, and placement points plus bonus seven or eight. That that's probably on the high side. That quarterfinal round maybe mm-hmm. match, but still a, a, a noticeable difference. Now he could come out and he could have tough draws and guys don't get cradled. But at this point, he he's shown he has a variety of ways to manufacture points and that he is his cradle when got and Joe Joe Ariola is not like a. No, a flop over. A this, right. That's an NCAA qualifier. A guy who's beaten some good dudes. I'm pr- pretty sure he's beaten. Oh, he beat someone good a couple of years ago, and I can't even remember. Is that NCAA? Mm-hmm. He beat someone good. It wasn't Avery, was it? Might, Might have been, been Vic Avery. I don't know. Um, any so Nolf he, update? Um, yeah, someone named Tina said Tina he, he jogged to the mat. And you must credit Tina with that breaking news. But that's all I know. So, no. No Nolf updates. T-E-N-A. Kind of a um, a different spelling. <coughs> Tina, it's Tana. I he, don't. He beat Vic Avery. Vic Avery. Hey. 
Memory. Tina. All right, let me find it. Yep. Just watched Jason off lightly jog out of rec hall. Just thought you'd like an update. From Tina Miller. That was a hologram. It's a hologram. Wow. Hey, they've got a lot of money in there. If you're telling me they, the Ira can't get some holograms of Jason off, you're crazy. <laughs> uh, cool. So, so, before, so, that, so that's Penn State. Before conference weekend, between now and conference weekend, we have you know, Pac-12s this weekend. But any, you're still going Penn State. Yeah. Everybody's going Penn State. Couch. Mm. What is just, what is just say yes, oh, guys. What has the ebb and flow been? What is? Have y'all been Penn State all year from Jump Street? I don't remember what you guys said earlier. Before the season, I would have said Penn State, and then once like C. Kelvey, I said Ohio State, and then it's slowly shifted back to Penn State for me. When, uh, when we were kind of thinking about, you know, things to to look at this season, and it was basically. You know, one one article or piece of content said, you know, can, can Ohio State beat Penn State? Can Penn State beat Ohio State? And I was like, I cannot fathom in my head Ohio State beating Penn State. See, I, I was I was different. I was Ohio State. My, my pick was Ohio State for a while. But that um, – I think I maybe started with Penn State, then went to Ohio State because I thought that – and this still could happen. This is why it's still interesting – I had I had NATO up a rung. Mm-hmm. I had Colin Moore up a rung. I had Bojo up a rung. And I had Mickey probably closer. And all those things kind of didn't really – they kind of went the other way, right? Um, maybe I had McKenna lower, so that's the – so he jumped for me. But now, if NATO goes out there and wins the whole damn thing and, and Colin Moore wins the whole thing and um, – it's still the point you're, you're making. It's still there for them. For yeah, they could. They, I think they could. Those, still we do all it. still believe that Nathan Tomasello and Colin Moore and Joey and Bo Jordan can win or place very high. Yep. We all believe that. I think everyone here believes that. But it's just, I know Zane Rutherford's winning NCAAs. I know, I I strongly believe Bo Nichols gonna win. I really believe Mark Hall's gonna win. Um, now, no Nolf is scary to me. And I believe that Shakur Rashid, they're, they're going to get the most out of him, whatever that need, is. I think they need Nolf. I, I, you said before that like they can still win it without him, and I think they can. But I, I, even even in this climate, uh, I don't pick Penn State unless Nolf's going. Um, I think they can win without Nolf. I think they can. I think they can. I wouldn't because it's going to be so – man, I am really – now, Kale said that he's looking to wrestle at Big Tens. He said something to that effect. I don't have the direct quote. Yeah. It could be. Didn't somebody say, I don't know if it was him or in, in a post-match <clears throat> thing or what it was, or maybe his rumors. I don't. Somewhere along the line, somebody said Nolf was itching to wrestle Buffalo. Really? He's always wanted to beat Buffalo, I think. <laughs> wow. You didn't need them. They got they have Fife down. They got Pfeiffer out there, rolling dudes up in the cradle. So, yeah, if I mean if that's the case, so Nolf. Here's one thing about Nolf. He's a freak of nature. Yeah. So if his knee is like healing ahead of schedule, I mean that's one thing. 
Freaks, their their bodies are different, right? I saw him in a match one time. Actually, his finger got cut off during the match. It regenerated. Regenerated. <laughs> right. People during, didn't know that during the match. He he's just a, continued to wrestle. He's part reptile. A lot of people don't know that. Um, actually, one coach told me he's a dolphin, not a Penn State coach. He's like he's he has sensors all over his body. He's. <laughs> you need to zinc like a dolphin. What's that from? Ace Ventura. <laughs> so. You know, and you know who else is a freak? Jordan Burroughs. He broke his ankle. Yeah, just wrestled with it. He just, he's like, cool. And it was like one of his most dominant world's performances ever. So, yeah, freaks can do freak things that don't make sense to science. And Nolf's probably in that bag. Mm-hmm. So maybe he'll just do the freak thing and be back. It'll be, man, Big Tens, I cannot wait. I, he's, that's, to me, is the, my number one thing. Matter of fact, when Nolf went down... When North went down, I was like, man, that stinks. And this one here is like, oh, Penn State will it. No, it's not Penn State. I I, um, I just want a team race. I know. I, I, like that's, at that, I know. I know. But at that time, at that time, I was like, no North equals no team race. That's where I was at. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, little did I know that. Shakur was a thing, and Carson Coon, and and Bo Jordan would be, um, what's what's Bo Jordan? So Bo, Bo Jordan's gonna be the third seed, fourth seed, at Big Tens. Nope. What? He's gonna be the two. He's gonna be the two. But what is he ranked? Six, seven. I mean, I didn't know the thing. Why is he should be ahead of Amin? Yeah, so he split with Amin, but Bo beat Lighty, and Amin lost to Lighty. So there you go. My argument is Lighty Dighty breaks the tidy. Stop it. Um, but I loved it. But but hold on. I hated it. <laughs> Michigan's been bipolar uh, this year, right? Alec Pantelio did it again. Alec Pantelio did it again. He keeps doing it to us. He lost him. I said he was a title contender. Then he goes out. He, got, <laughs> <laughs> he said he was a title contender, and he got Heffernan. He got Heffernan. He's been croned. Oh, he uh, couldn't get croned. I don't know. Alec, no, Matt, sorry for you know the, what? At this point, I'm sticking with him. I'm sticking with you, Alec. Through thick and thin. I have to apologize to Nomad. Sorry for the mean tweet last night. I shouldn't have said that. No, he said that. he said it's tough to figure out where Andrew Crone's going to be seated, and I said, who gives a rip? Yeah, you continue to hate it, on Kyle Rochelle. Wow. It is insane. Kyle Rochelle's a head coach on my fantasy team. Andrew Crone would have been the third seed. You're being ironic and sarcastic. No, he. I am put all my faith in Kyle Rochelle. And that's not even satire. How about Mike Mouse coaches Ken Chertow? He's available. You just changed. Did you change your coach? No. Uh, oh, I might. Somebody have. changed your coach midseason, which is. It's, it was a shakeup that I think the team. It was made. the Russian. You had the Russian guy. I off. Who did I change it to? I'm gonna check right now. I'll keep it moving while you. While you and check that I'll tell out. you who your coach is. Your coach is Billy Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, because. He um, he messed with Spay, so yeah. he's my he's my friend now. Okay, so we talked about that Penn State Ohio State dynamic. <laughs> Nomads coaches Ed Ogeron. <laughs> Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Okay, I think it's we. Good day uh, to be a tiger. Anything else you want to hit before we go to questiones? Oh. No, no. Well, well. Before we go to questiones, let let me just real quick run down how you guys did. Chris, or oh. Kyle likes Kyle likes to lie. Willie, go back and listen to the shows. I've been, like, right on all your team spreads. 
All right. Well, you, you finally lost, got me on board. Yeah, you're, you Congrats that, on your success. You only tweet out when you your lines did really well. Yeah. No, no I why did. Why is that I, been I the only I, week that you tweeted out the results of your lines? Do you think that? So you think that I tweeted them out because I did well this week? Yeah. First of all, it's in. I only do well when it's close. Number one. I mean, I'm not supposed to do well. I'm just supposed to set a close line. That's what I'm saying. What was number two? How, you're so saying you're saying you're... in the past, you're saying my previous weeks I didn't do, I wasn't close? Because that's false. I have the old ones here. Okay, number one, let's change the topic. Uh, let's well, go no, to you guys would have lost. You guys were adamant, okay. adamant that 16 was too much. Maybe it was, but it still happened. Um, my point is we don't come on the show every Tuesday and brag about how we were right on the lines. Yeah. Number I'm one. not bragging. I'm not bragging. This isn't brag session. This is you guys. Would, you guys said NC State. I'm not okay. bragging. It's not even. Wasn't even my pick. Okay. It was your wrong pick. Basically, right, you're shoving it in our faces that we were wrong. Continue, Christian. Yes. All right. Number one. Let's oh go to God, some questions. Whiner. Let's go to some questions from people, from our friends. This is <coughs> an important question. I kind of want to change it a little bit, but Eric shares. Asks, a good one. could Wrestling Nomad AA at 285 this year, if he was allowed to use a sword while wrestling. So I want to change it to a bat, a baseball bat. And here's why. Tell him why. Because I don't want him to have to stab Jacob Casper. No, no one wants be, that. There shouldn't be death involved. I don't want, I don't want Michael Boykin there should impaled. Just be, there should just be a little bit of fear. Yeah. And it's threat. like, dang, this guy's got a bat. Like, You know what the answer is? No. The answer is no. Yeah, so it's it's about round of 12. No. I, no. You're, going no. You're, going you're going 0-2. You're going 0-2. You're going 0-2. You're not going to swing hard enough to take them out. I'm killing somebody right off the bat. No one is dying. You're not dying with a bat. You can't generate the power. You, you can look, absolutely kill someone first with a bat. First of all, no, you can't. Yes. Humans can. You could kill another nomad-sized person with a bat. I could kill a, a, I could kill a single and silly heavy with a bat. No. So this you could... You're not going. They're going to be so jacked up. They're going to get their hands on you. First of all, you're going to hit them in the hip. <laughs> yeah, you can't they're even six, reach. They're six nine. It, there's it some. There's some short ones. Listen, they're they're going to absorb your hit. It's not going to hurt them like it would hurt us. They're just going to blow right through you. It's a good question, but he needs a firearm. For being honest, yeah, AA definitely firearm. I, I, and I'll say this: I I couldn't I couldn't place. With a baseball bat, either at at two eighty five, maybe at one twenty five. It would also depend. I really on the draw. don't want to hit a bunch of people with a baseball bat either. But I love the question. I, I love I love uh, picturing Nomad out there with a baseball bat, trying to bludgeon Nick Nevels, and it's just not. Go- or can you imagine? What do you think happens if you hit Sam Stoll with a baseball bat? What's gonna happen? <laughs> None. It depends on where I hit him, but yeah. Funny. He's gonna have his Cliff Keen headgear what on. He's gonna be fine. You hit him. You gonna run out there just looking to hit people in the balls? <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna divulge that's my only, strategy. That's the only place you could hurt anybody. It's a good question. Um, what top five team from Stay the Course Pod? Big Pat Thomas asks, which top five team has the best chance to self-destruct at NCAA? This is a fun question. It's, it's really fun, fun question. unless you're the self-destructing team. So what you have to look for with this is who has the fewest sure things, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So potential, and potential, I, but not sure. 
potential but not sure. Like Hayden Heidley, yeah, he could make the finals, but I could also see him in, you know, getting seventh, eighth. Kevin Jack could win four. the whole thing. He just lost to number three. I mean, he could be we, fifth. We've He could not win, or he could not place. We've seen that. He was the what seed mm-hmm. two years ago, he dmp that That weight is going to – he's going to have someone tough, yeah, right? Could, yeah. Um, Flaws. So I guess we're Flaws t- in a loaded we're weight. telling you our answer. We're telling you our answer. NC State. And you I'll guys give worried you about Michigan? Yes, absolutely. But hold on. Well, we're going to stick with NC State right now. Here's the top five. Okay. Also, NC State's ranked six, so disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I still think – I mean, they're a podium-type team. So I think yeah. we, should, we, we can talk about them because they, they exemplify if, – if you're going to ask this question next year, this is a good – NC State's a good answer – for this is the composition of a team that might that has a chance to not do really well. Okay, so I'm not gonna go Penn State, Ohio State. So the next three are Iowa, Missouri, Michigan. So Iowa, in my opinion, has some sure things with mm-hmm. Kimmer, Sorensen, and Spencer. Three things that are you know it's going to go well. They're gonna score 15 plus points. That is that's big. And then they have other guys that are gonna be well. Do they? Well, stole. And Stole and the bull. Wilkie can get through. Yeah, I don't know about Wilkie. No. He well, can place. Yeah, he can place, yeah. That's what I'm saying. He could win. Just kidding, guys. Just chill out. Um, so they have that so they have like three sure things. Missouri has a sure thing. You wouldn't I, say when when, when you, are, what's your f- thing for sure things? Spencer it, and I'm saying is it is it AA? Is fif- it no fifteen plus points, I think. How many how many would you say right now what is the what is the floor for Marinelli? Now Mar- he doesn't score bonus. Floor for Marinelli is his knee falls part DMP, and oh, he, he could lose his one point matches. Marinelli could definitely be round of twelve, yeah, for sure. It wouldn't surprise. I mean, that's what I was asking. I mean, there's yeah. Listen, Chance Marsteller's rank like what ninth right now? Mm-hmm. It, it's a it's a really he's eighth. Chad Walsh is ninth. Nick Wanzek. Also, for a freshman, Mass is ranked eleventh. Listen, uh, yeah, right. Uh, he's gonna so, be the seventh seed, by the way. So. Classic. Where Marinelli beats the returning national champ, and you think he's maybe a sure thing, but he's a freshman. He's winning a lot of one-point matches, and he's wrestling on a bum wheel in a loaded hey, weight class. Hey, and they also said they said he lost his knee brace. He didn't lose it. He he didn't put it on voluntarily. I didn't watch the Iowa Iowa. He State did match. away with it. Someone tweeted that at me. It could be fake, but uh. I don't know why you would lie well, about that. Well, that would be a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's the – So Iowa – So, wait, we got to get – Missouri's sure things. I, Daniel Luce is going to score mega points at uh-huh. NCAAs. He's 15-plus. I think Jaden Ironman's going to score mega points. I think he's 15-plus. So that's two sure things. We what? didn't get a resolution, though. Are you saying Iowa could or could not fall apart? I – I, I don't think – of the candidates of the top three, I think they have more sure things than the others. So okay. I think they're less likely. I think the way it's ranked is the way I kind of view it. Then Missouri has fewer sure things with Ironman and um, Lewis, and then they have some kind of qu- – Grant Leith is like the Alex Marinelli of 149. I could really – he wrestled a lot of close matches. Yeah, yeah. He wears a brace. Yeah. And um, I'm just not sure. And, you know, Nicholas, who knows, he's beaten hot. He's lost to Chade. A lot of wide-ranging outcomes. And then Michigan. Oh, Michigan's very – other than Kuhn, what's their shirt thing? 
Michich is definitely going to score 15 plus points. Yes, I would agree with that. So they have two. Yeah. Uh, and then we went through NC State. Has a lot of potential, but a lot of... Dang, I kind of like NC But, okay, reverse the question. Which of those could overperform? Well, it's it's how many... Who has the most bullets? That could be NC State. It could be NC State. So they are, they are super combustible, right? Yeah. They could be third. They really could be third. Mm-hmm. They have to all do it. They have to all wrestle well. But they could really do it. But they could also be outside looking in again. I mean, that's a great point. It, what if I? What if Missouri approached like a the top two? What if Miklas made the finals? Leith made the. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Leith Leith made the semis. Lavalley made the finals. He did last year. Ironman. Ironman. Lewis. Lewis. I don't think so. I don't see it. Wyatt Coley. <sighs> Silly Willie. Okay. Moving on. Best top wrestler in the game, Spencer Gross or Zane? It's Zane, in my opinion. Yes. Zane Rutherford. Who doesn't need turn? Um, Sorensen? I mean, sometimes not Sorensen. Sometimes <laughs> not Sorensen. He turns everybody except some. Sometimes not, but sometimes he, ha- not. he has turned everyone. Mm-hmm. He's never actually. He's never turned um, Grant Leith. Ever. He's never turned Kyle. Kyle, <laughs> Zay never turned you. Nope. Wow, the list is growing. All right. So now maybe, I think about maybe gross. Ne- so <laughs> so maybe gross. <laughs> gross turned Kyle. Um, hey, so Andrew Wibble, W or Wibble, asks: Has there ever been an NCAA qualifier with one win? Hashtag Carson Kuhn for NCAAs. Well, no, he won't qualify either with one win. Well, I'm not counting the – a forfeit does not factor into his – It counts on his record. Yeah, but – okay. What are we – He doesn't have a win, guys. Yeah, he does. No. What are we talking about? Yeah, he does. C- Carson Kuhn's not qualifying for NCAAs, people. Why not? He has does to... he? He's, he hasn't he – had, he didn't do it in the Pac-12. Pac-12's way tougher. I don't. I don't even know what we're talking about. Carson Kuhn cannot qualify with one win. Yeah, he can. Yeah, he could. How many? Th- Big bro, Ten has because like, auto. Bro, they're getting ten. They're getting ten spots at twenty-five. Hundred percent. Oh my god. So yeah, I don't think he's beating any of those guys though, dude. <clears throat> Every I, single person I talked to said they're getting ten, and Carson Kuhn is not going to get tenth or higher. He could. He can't get top ten. He can't be correct. He can't beat Rayvon Foley. No, definitely not. I guess he kind of stinks, but you know what? <laughs> I just think, stink. It's a very, it's a, a very tough weight and a very tough conference. You know I just. What? All right, we got to get to this. This was juicy. You guys should discuss. Well, this guy's got a, his own angle. I don't want to. He Set. wants us to talk about Kevin Dresser. Kevin Dresser is forfeit from Iowa. He says, I mean, how stupid does he sound when he forfeited 141 how many times recently? It's, we talked about this yesterday. It's completely different. Yeah, it's very different. They weighed in a Iowa guy. They weighed in a guy, and Northern Iowa, or Iowa State hasn't been weighing in a guy. Yeah. And Parker was hurt. I mean, Actually hurt, I don't know still if you hurt. missed it. The one guy quit. Store left. They bumped up the guy. He got hurt. I so, mean, they're rolling out Sinjin Briggs. But that's what Dresser said. Dresser's like, we found our 25-pounder at 7-11. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, we're putting him out there on the mat. 
But, I mean, at the same time, so what? So what what? The duel was like a lot to a little. I mean, if they well, he's saying, man, we got one guy that could maybe win a match here. Well, they had Can another he... guy. Yeah. I mean, Puppy Marcus Simmons. Puppy Simmons. Puppy Simmons. He ran out of kibble or something because he was up 7-0. I don't, I don't really, I don't understand Dresser's point in saying, wait, well, you forfeited to You don't understand Dresser's but point? I, no, not really. But I do understand, I do understand why he says what he says. You know. It's weak sauce to forfeit when you don't have to forfeit, dude. You're already dude, wrestling. Your, you're already weighed in your backup. Forfeits are a freaking joke, and they should never happen. And they should never happen in Iowa. They should never happen in any of these power programs. If it doesn't happen to Hofstra, put a full team out there. Yeah. If, if at all possible, wrestle a full team. Yeah. Period. I mean, End of discussion. How JV does our sport look when teams can't field a full I mean, roster? That's not his argument. His argument is not... Man, the sport looks bad when it's it's it's. How do you know his art? I mean, because I read his words. How could you interpret that from those words? It. So so his team looked JV when it was forty one. I mean, who cares? The, the, what was the duel? The duel was nine matches to zero anyway. You don't, Willie. I can't. I don't understand why you don't understand this. Like the difference. Okay, they forfeit to him. It's not the biggest deal in the world. We're not trying to make it a huge deal, but they wait a dude in. You wait, you wait yeah. a dude in. You don't wrestle. Didn't they wait in two guys? No, Wilkie. Didn't. I think just Holloway. Oh, Hol- okay. Never mind. Holloway's all the way. That was. Yeah, Holloway sure. weighed in, not Wilkie. Wilkie's hurt or something. Um, no, it's. I, I get where he's coming from. I get with when these coaches are like, "Hey, man, wrestle, wrestle team." I remember very specifically at national duels when they were at Carver Hawkeye. A person on the Iowa staff, not a coach, gives me this, chews me out for, not chews me out, but starts yelling at me about, is that good for wrestling? Blah, 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 because Cornell forfeited their heavyweight to Bobby Telford. So you can't have it both ways here. Yeah. Okay. All right. Willie says, yeah. Moving on. Uh, better wrestler senior year, Zane or senior year Logan Steber? Zane. This this raises a, a question to me, like how we evaluate guys. Like we basically, who are the best college wrestlers? Well, it's you start with all the four-timers, and then you kind of go from there. To me, it's like, why don't we ever just look at who just reached the highest level at a, at a point in their career? Who was like just... Instead of like just comparing NCAA titles, which are like, you know, who knows? Somebody was making the case the other day. I guess I, I think it was after Kuhn beat Snyder, and somebody was making the case like there's nobody at Zane's weight, and it's like, I mean, by what metric? It's because Zane mashes everybody. By what metric is is? Um, Pre pre Kuhn's win over Snyder, by what metric is is Kuhn better than Sorensen? Uh, a lot of metrics, such as the Iraq. He's beaten. <laughs> well, he'd beaten two other two-time NCAA champions. Uh, he Adam Kuhn has probably like ten pound-for-pound pound wins in his career. 
Adam, Adam Kumbai, basically every metric has been better. He does have a round of 12 finish. He didn't he, AA one year. Yeah, I know. Um, but if, if you stack up wins and, and the elite guys I mean, he's beaten, it's elite not. Elite being, being like what? Connor Medbury? Um, Mike McMullen. Um, Tony Nelson. Nick Wazdowski. Now Kyle Snyder. Why are you poo pooing Medbury? He was Snyder's closest match up until Kuhn and also an NCAA finalist. Well, I ain't poo Bobby Telford. I, I These are all pound for pound guys I'm naming. You Telford. said you said what? Connor Medbury? Okay. That's better. Connor Medbury might be better than anyone's uh Brandon Sorensen's ever beaten. Brandon Sorensen's beaten everybody in his weight class. Who who? I mean that's that's so that's what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Best win probably Sorensen. Yeah. Yeah. The composition at forty nine you just don't think No, I don't. You think it's better than uh, heavyweight's better and has been better? Yes. For sure. I mean, in, in Kuhn's era, it definitely has been. <coughs> so, is that one way? I mean, Grant Leith's ranked third right now. <coughs> I know. Um, is that one way that you can measure? Sorensen lost to Micah last year. Uh, Take it as an example. You're asking how do you me- measure all time? Does mm-hmm. it have to... Include the composition of the weight and not just how many medals you want, how many golds you want. Not necessarily. Um, I think it factors in when you beat elite guys. The fact that Kyle Dake went through a two-time Hodge winner to win his fourth, I think, is a really strong case for him. And he was undefeated his last two years. I think it matters. I think dominance matters. I think just like uh, – but you can't control to a certain degree who you – compete against so i don't ding zane for that but his the weights have have not been good period they're you know levon Mays is really good but it's just like compared to adam coon adam coon's a world two-time world medalist well, that's what they were way better wins that's what they were debating there's a message board thread or something where zane's dominance should be m- mitigated because it hasn't had the great guys there. They're not. There's there's lots of weights that aren't great, and there's very few guys that do what Zane does. And I, I find it hard to believe that he wouldn't have. I mean, you put him at 2008, 149, with the the Metcalf, Schlater, Bubba, Darian Burrow. Caldwell, Burroughs. Oh my gosh, he's You're, still doing it. He, I think he'd win it. I think I think he would win that bracket. I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's bow and arrowing Darian Caldwell. Do you? Uh, the, the top thing is the top thing is different, right? Um, maybe he isn't mowing down people on his feet in that bracket, but I don't know. His top game is on unparalleled. Well, I don't know why I wouldn't think he would turn Darian Caldwell. Well, he doesn't turn everyone. Sometimes. We we literally just said he turns everyone. He's we had we had a segment two minutes ago that said he's turned everyone. Yeah, except about, sometimes Brandon Sorensen. How about that? For historical perspective, nobody won back to back titles for like almost thirty years until Zane did it last year. Yeah, Zane had twenty, like twenty four out of twenty seven matches that ended early. Tecker pin last year, like one of the most dominant seasons in the history of college wrestling. I'd put I think Zane I think Zane belongs in the not Kale, but I think you could put him up there in the Dake, um Logan Steber, 
Pat Smith conversation. I think he's one of the. I think he's very reasonably one of the two or three best to ever do it. Mm-hmm. The guy lost to a four timer twice, who he also beat. He lost to Mitchell Port in by a riding time point or something. I think. Are those like in in tiebreakers? How many career losses does he have? Three. Two to Logan and one to Port. Mm-hmm. And then ripped through. And then just three just straight years, like I thought buzz he lost, off. I don't know why I thought he lost to Evan Henderson or something. No, Port lost to Henderson. Oh. So, uh, yeah, I think I think I would take. I mean, it's tough because they're in different weights, right? But if Zane, here's here's my point with the Zane versus Logan thing. If Zane was Logan's peer as a true freshman. And, and, and knowing what we know about Zane is that he became a different being his sophomore year. He was not dominating guys like this. He was winning matches. He was riding guys. He wasn't ripping dudes' arms off. Then his sophomore year became a completely different dude and hasn't looked back. For that reason, I say, I would say I would take Zane. I would take Zane his sophomore, I mean, junior, and talking, senior year. Are we talking – been so long, I don't remember what the question was. But are we are we talking about best version of Zane ever versus best version of Logan ever? Yeah, you could say that. You could I just in general, and he's been better. The best his version of Zane is better. Yeah, for sure. Who's bigger, Adam Kuhn or Bobby Telford? Adam Kuhn. Uh to do, do. Let me see here. Who at Flow is the best ping pong player? <laughs> It could be me. Not me. But it might be Bader or Joe. I don't mess around with ping pong. I think Bader's pretty good. And I think Nick V's pretty good. Uh, I remember you doing very well when we had the Olympic ping pong tournament. Yeah, when we were here, when we literally lived here for the Olympics. Yeah. Then they they cheated the Olympics. Then we lived. Speaking of, we didn't even mention that. Yeah, I know. We didn't mention that article. Somebody dug up an article. Well... It's weird. It's hard to uh, it's hard to scour the Hungarian Times. So so Nomad went back and read all the Hungarian Times since Rio, and he came up with the he found this article that said that an official admitted to admitted to throwing the matches. Yeah, and it wasn't like I don't think he was one that was ejected either. Zach Arrett, an American official, is mentioned as someone that was like, "I'm not going to be a part of this," basically. Mm-hmm. But none of those guys want to want to talk about anything, and. I mean, it's what we already know, but Mamishvili was pulling the strings and threatening people, and um, you know. And they do, say, yeah, they say that in the article. They say Mamishvili. Yeah. And then a year later, they stole a match from the South Korean. No problem. Crazy. It's not. It's not gonna change, guys. They're not gonna get rid of them. Sorry. We tried. Hey, we tried. We tried. After all questions, um, I don't want to talk about 97 again. It it, hurt, it breaks my brain. Um, who's the next guy to get an escape versus Spencer Lee? Has only been done by Bresser and Pitch. I'll say, I'll say Nick Soriano gets away from Spencer Lee. Did Spencer write out Sebastian? Yeah, and then they started neutral the then, sick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Or yeah. How are, how are wild card spots determined? Nomad would probably be able to answer this well. Would you like me to get into it? Get into it. Okay. <laughs> so really quickly, uh, theoretically, there's unlimited wild card spots, but the most 
the or the fewest there can be in any one weight class is four. Uh, basically, you have to be the those three things that they look at prior, like when like I put an article yesterday about all the automatic qualifiers. So the three things they look at: winning percentage, RPI, and coaches rank. Um, you have to be top thirty-three coaches rank, top thirty-three RPI, have a winning percentage over seven hundred, and then they look at things like. Were you one spot below an auto qualifier? So, like, if you're in the EIWA and they have four guys at a weight, did you finish fifth? Things like that. And they exist for things like Nick Seriano last year and Jason Nolf this year because it's like we obviously don't want these guys to, to get screwed. Kevin well, DeVoy is an example from last there's year unlimited. Also. You say there's unlimited, but there's not really unlimited. No, like... When the, the allocations come out, then you will know how many wild cards the are. the allocations can change... For example, if Jason Nolf isn't entered, that's they're right. going to lose that spot. Sure, that's why sure. they're theoretically unlimited. Obviously, sure, but that's we, not like we can realistic. get an idea when the allocations come out. Yes, in a couple days, we can get an idea. They will. There will be twenty-eight allocations <coughs> at one hundred and thirty-three pounds, and we know those five wild cards. Now that could change. Like, but that's we can know that. Right? Cutler, for example, yes. would be an example from last year. EIWA had whatever six at one fifty-seven, however many. When he didn't weigh in and wrestle, they went down to five. That's right. Okay. Question from NFL Denver Bronco, Casey Kreider. Let's say Penn State pulls the same thing with North this year at NCAA as they did with Suriano. Does it affect how conference tourney defaults get at-large bids in the future? I don't know. Because part of me doesn't want someone like Nick Suriano or Jason North to not be able to wrestle at NCAAs. But if it, if, it, if it continues to be a total charade where this guy's not wrestling, but we're just doing what we want to do to kind of manipulate things, maybe they have to look at it more. I think it has to happen more often. Maybe, maybe the Nolf thing. I don't, think, yeah, I don't think it needs to happen more often. I think it happened last year, and they should have changed up the rule. Really? You don't think? No. I mean, if— Are we, are we talking about NCAAs? Mm-hmm. You don't think that last year they should have changed the bracket? Oh, oh, oh. Well, we're talking about two different things. Okay. Does it affect how conference tourney defaults get at-large bids? Uh, uh, uh. Okay. Should Nick Seriano still go to NCAAs for injury defaulting out? Yes, we believe that. Yes, you yeah, okay. absolutely. So, so your answer is no, that you, that you don't want to see a change. I don't right? want to see a change there, no. But Because, what, frankly, the, the alternative is that – if if 125 at Big Tens gets 10 people and you're saying that well he defaulted out he shouldn't get it you're giving it to you're giving it to the 10th the 11th best guy in the Big 10 mm-hmm. i would rather i would rather Nick Suriano go and maybe wrestle than the guy that took 11th yeah you there, al- you also have to have wild cards for situations like uh Jake Smith last year at Injuring himself at Big 12s, allowing Cash Wilkie to get in. Like, there there has to be wild cards for that reason anyway. Wasn't Cash Wilkie, like, the... 30... He was 34th. Okay. Because of Jake Smith. I, I thought someone else was out at 97 to get him in. I thought, like, someone got in. That might be... You might be right. I, I he might think, have actually I been 35th. I think that happened. I think he was, like, the 35th. I think and then he ended up round of 12. He ended up round of 12. From 35th to 12th. Not bad. So... I, I guess our thought is, I don't see it changing. We don't think it should change, but there is something to be said for wrestle at the conference tournament to get to NCAA's at least compete. 
But yeah. then competing becomes, well, I did compete. I injury defaulted. I took the mat. I just couldn't continue. Yeah, they're going to game it anyway. You could game it. You could Nick Serrano could just lay there on his back and <laughs> just spin himself. I mean, you could, the, there's ways you can game it, right? So I don't know. It's kind of – it's one where you're just – we're just counting on coaches to not abuse it and just hope that they don't because we don't want – elite guys to be at home because they can't quite go at conferences because of what that does to NCAAs. If you take out the team race aspect, right? So South Dakota State, right? Probably not in the hunt for a team title. Mm -hmm. If Seth Gross gets dinged up like this week in practice and has to injury default out of Big 12. That's a good point. You're going to want him to wrestle. And it's not like, Bono's not like, wow, we're trying to win Obviously, Bono's trying to win team title, but you know what I mean. Like, they're not trying to game anything. They're just like, we want our guy to wrestle, but he was, it was a two week injury. The two weeks are over. He's back healthy now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're completely right. It's a it's a weird weird situation. I guess you guys heard the news. Buffalo Gap got another state champion in wrestling, undefeated. Did you coach him up? How many classes was that? Are there in was Virginia that now? class half A or eight A? Yeah. All right. Well, hold on. Was he in your room? You make a face. No, you I, did, a face. I, had no, I had no involvement. I, I don't know if you know I live in Austin. Oh, so I, I don't know. You've only lived here for two years. Oh, yeah. I thought maybe in a weird, weird Matrix world, uh, he might have been a seventh grader when you lived back there. I, I, I definitely don't want to take any credit for, for Cullen Bindle, undefeated champion. Uh, Virginia class now, 25A. Now shut like, your mouth. Everyone shut your mouth. Don't make fun of Virginia, West Virginia. You, you get your state in order. Okay. I think yep. it's fine. You didn't even have a state tournament last year. Yeah, they did. You, Wasn't there a lice? <laughs> there was like a lice outbreak or something. Yeah, what did you guys have? What was it? Deer ticks? They delayed three weights. Because of a lice outbreak? No, it was uh, MRSA stuff. MRSA. Okay, so back to this kid. So, yes, I, I admit it is a joke that Virginia has seven state champions. They literally had like what, like half the tournament was in one gym. And then, like, the second day was in a completely different no, location. No, that's not not for this state. They, we don't have our states at the same place. Which One is, they which don't is even not good for your point. argument. Uh, just be quiet. <laughs> you don't even know what you're talking about. Christian's going to get out of his chair again. Well, he doesn't know what he's talking I'm about. I'm about to get what? kicked off the but show. But they have it at the Salem Civic Center. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing <clears> venue. <throat> okay. But this guy is apparently really good, though. He's like, listen, I had a state champ a couple years back. We bumped him up to 220. He was like third in the region. He won states. It was awesome. He was not amazing, but he was a really hard worker. This kid, I got I got my intel back in Virginia. They say he's he's legit. He's what grade really is good. he? He's a junior. So I think he could be um, maybe one of the first to go back-to-back since like the 90s. If you that. really want to give back to your community, you could like donate some funds so that he could go to Churchill Camps. <laughs> Get better <laughs> no, man, the he's in great hands. My guy uh, – Coach Waters. So you're saying Coach it sounds like he would be Water. a collegiate wrestler is what huh? you're saying. Sounds like this kid will be a collegiate wrestler for sure. Um, not, He's probably not Division One caliber. I said collegiate. Yeah, he could he could wrestle in college. That's excellent. Yeah. Great he's good. Gap. Go Gap, go. Finished 10th in the state. Um, you did? They Buffalo did. Gap did? Buffalo Gap. We were, hey, we were sixth, uh, I think twice under my tenure. Yeah. But they're coming along. Excited. Virginia got to do something about it's, that. It's insane. But the Salem Civic Center. You said Salem Civic Center, but I could have swore a year. I could have swore one of the state tournaments was held in like a high school. It is. 
but but so we have seven classes. Can't fit them all in in the same place. So like the it used to be the single A double A was all at the Salem Civic Center, but now single A and double A is now like four different divisions. So it's like one A, two A, and three A are at the Civic Center, and then the the other places are insane. <coughs> I, I can't call it. Two A's not bad though. Two A is like. 1A only has 28 teams. It's a joke. 28, 28 teams? 28. That's, a, that's a conference. Yeah. It's it's really bad. I don't know what to tell you. Big shout. Go Gap Go. Bison Nation. Here we go. Is Pantaleo the hardest wrestler to rank seed right now? Yes. But also, no, because he beat – it's weird. He's beaten Michael Jordan twice, so we're just like, no, he's in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> kind of no matter what. It's kind of weird. Should forfeits be worth more than a pin in team points? Yes. Um, in college, not in high school. Yeah, great that point. That would be very bad in high school. That would be very bad. Yeah, you know, there uh, there was a question in there, I believe, that said, should we condense, should we change weight classes up in high school because there's too many forfeits? Frankly, who cares about high school forfeit? I mean. The only time you really care about a high school forfeit is when it's, I don't know, the no. number seven team in the country against the number you, four team. You, Willie, you absolutely, I mean, if there were 20 weights and there were like eight forfeits, that would be really bad. I mean, why? The data is out there. I, I talked with, I remember Mike Moyer telling me this, like what percentage of duels, high school duels have forfeits in it? It will blow your mind. Okay, so, it's absurd. Right, so hold on, so hold on, just let me make a point and we'll just take turns. So if, let's say, I'm going to throw out a number. It's like 85% of all mm-hmm. duels have a forfeit. Mm-hmm. There are too many weight classes. Pare it down. Yeah, now, okay. Okay, agreed. But what happened when the Federation changed their weights before was that they said, there's too many forfeits, let's move it from three to six. That's not the answer. Yeah, no. Because I, what you're doing is taking away opportunities. I don't I don't think I don't think I think maybe they thought, okay, maybe we'll get some fewer forfeits, but I think it's more like there's not many kids that small. I know, but I, who cares? So there's a forfeit big whoop. You're willing you're willing to take away opportunity for a Take away opportunity. Yeah, Willie. Clearly, there's not opportunities if there's, <laughs> there's if there's eighty percent of with opportunities. Ma- matches have forfeits. There, there's you see plenty of opportunity. What, what, what do you, there is to start in high school wrestling. Yeah, I'm talking about at the lower weight. I'm talking about the lowest weight. Last time when when they used the forfeit excuse, I don't know what year it was. 2012. They keep moving the weight up. And they and they did something. So who's getting denied an opportunity? No one's getting rid of 106. We're not saying okay, let's start at 120. It's just like no, hey, cut I, out some of these middleweights. Cut out uh, 220. Cut out. I'm not even. I, I specifically said I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what they did last time was they did some thing where what is the average weight of a high school student, mm-hmm. which is not. Um, the point is. What the point that person is making is there should be fewer weights, and he's absolutely right. There should be fewer weights. I think ten, twelve is plenty. There's there's two things. Number one, all levels of wrestling should have odd numbers of weights for dual meet purposes, and just whoever gets to seven or five or whatever first wins. Second of all, the reason forfeits are very bad in high school wrestling 
is when you have a administrators who don't understand how wrestling works, yes. and you look at a dual meet and you go, wow, we lost 60 to 12. It's like, well, if you look at the matches that we actually wrestled, it was 25 to 12, and there was a lot of close matches, but we gave up four forfeits. Yep. And so making uh, it, first of all, making it seven in high school is very bad. But that's another reason that you need to have fewer fewer weights because you're not limiting opportunities because there's clearly so many forfeits that you're not limiting opportunities. And second of all, you need to make it to where matches, whether it's whatever smoke and mirrors or not, but like where there's teams that don't get blown out 60 nothing every time because they're giving up five points. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's insane. I mean, there's way too many But wins. But what's the race? What's the race to the end, right? I mean, if... If you have eight weight classes, if you have nine weight classes, I mean, you guys. There's 14. It's absurd. It should be 13. I know. I, I know. It should I've be said, 13. So we, all right. So, all right. Hold on. We all agree. There's way too many weights. Let's just leave it at that. No no one's, no one cares about the 103, 106. I mean, no one's like, yeah, it could stay at 103. That doesn't bother me at all that it got bumped up three pounds. It's fine. There's too many weights. They should I don't know why they haven't. Why have they not recommended that? What are they waiting for? I mean, what are you talking about? The last five years ago, they went to more weights. No, no, they didn't. No, nope. still okay, fourteen. What? It's still fourteen. It's been fourteen for twenty some years. Yeah. Twenty years, right? Well, why did they add? But they, but they moved it up to the upper. Yeah, they did, but they didn't add a weight class. I mean, they did. They changed the weight classes. It they went from two fifteen to two twenty. They added a weight class in like ninety five. Last time they added a weight class, it went from 13 to 14, which is a totally different situation. So why why was why was 13 weight classes good for X amount of years? Because everyone freaked out and was like, "Man, these 190 pounders shouldn't have to wrestle these 290 pounders." No, I'm saying why was it good for then? It's not good now. Was there not forfeits back then? We we probably don't have the same level of data that we. When was that move? When did when were the 13 weights? 90. 94, 95, 96, yeah. around there. Okay. Yeah. That All they did was add 215 at the time. Correct. From 89 to 215. Yeah. Classic. Okay. Um, hey, there's a, there's a state match in South Dakota that we're getting tweeted about every four seconds. Every four seconds. Uh, okay. Their Nash Hutmacher is ranked number seven in the country at heavy, heavyweight. And the number seven 195 pounder has moved up in his state district region thingy so that he eventually tries to hit uh, Nash Hutmacher in the state finals. So, to, I love it. I like that they're bumping up, challenging themselves. Now, Hutmacher's bigger, obviously, heavyweight, but he's only a sophomore. Oh, interesting. Is this the guy? Yep. Okay. Maybe the, I could explain to other people, though. Go ahead. The guy at Fargo that was double-legging everyone, he kind of a – he's a box, but he's very strong, clearly. Okay. So yeah, that's Strong awesome. as a box. For those guys. And um, it's 917. Why don't we get the heck out of here? I'm good to go. Good to go. We thank you guys so much for tuning in. To 269 episodes of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. We are excited uh, for this the upcoming conference week. And we are thankful to ASICS for their continued support. I don't know if the music's playing. It's apparently playing. Can't hear it, but it's playing. We will be back next Thursday, this Thursday, two days from now, 
I do that sometimes. And we'll have a, a bevy of additional topics to discuss. TBD. Thank you. Keep your questions coming. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks. <laughs>